0: Thank you.
1: Welcome to worship at Hillhead for our communion service. Our service is led this morning by our friend Reverend Edith Dawson. So welcome. And today we will also hear the voices of Wendy reading scripture, Ian and Elizabeth leading the Lord's Prayer. Brian will lead our prayers for others and shortly Rachel will light our candle. Our musician is Paul. Please note, evening reflections this week will not run, but will resume next week. So please don't turn up at Wellington tonight. Um, I'm giving notice again of a church meeting next Sunday after the service, 13th of November. So it will be a brief meeting regarding transition to SCIO. And we'd encourage everybody to read through the documents that were sent out previously, before the meeting, and just let us know any of the managers know if you have any concerns beforehand, um, because that way we can address them hopefully during the meeting. Um, I'd also like to put a little plea that if anyone would be interested in helping out with Sunday school, um, even over the short term, either as a helper or leading classes, that would be really helpful, because. I haven't got that much longer to go, so it would be really helpful to have a few extra people on the rota. Um, We remember Morag in our prayers as she recovers from surgery that she had on Tuesday. Our minister, Katrina, is on leave until Tuesday, so if anything comes up over the next couple of days um, that you'd normally speak to her about, please just contact myself or one of the other managers and we'll be more than happy to help. It's what we're here for. So next Sunday, Katrina will be back and we'll be leading our worship. And now it's time to hand over to Rachel to light our candle.
0: As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the
1: body of Christ. Christ is a light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day.
2: So good morning, everybody. It's it's lovely to be back amongst you and to be able to share this service with you. I'm going to read you a prayer from Bread of Tomorrow. Um, it's, It's a really old book, but the words are forever relevant. So we pray. You keep us waiting, you the God of all time. Want us to wait for the right time in which to discover who we are, where we must go, who will be with us, and what we must do. So thank you for the waiting time. You keep us looking, you, the God of all space, want us to look in the right and wrong places for signs of hope, for people who are hopeless, for visions of a better world which will appear among the disappointments of the world we know. So thank you for the looking time. You keep us loving. You, the God whose name is love, wants us to be like you, to love the loveless and the unlovely and the unlovable, to love without jealousy or design or threat, and most difficult of all, to love ourselves. So thank you for the loving time. And in all this, you keep us through hard questions with no easy answers through failing where we had hoped to succeed and making an impact when we felt we were useless, through the patience and the dreams and the love of others and through Jesus Christ and his Spirit, you keep us. So thank you for the keeping time and for now and forever. Amen.
3: So we invite you to join with us in saying the Lord's Prayer. Uh, in the language that is most natural to you. And Elizabeth and I are going to say the Lord's Prayer in the language of our birth. Our Father,
4: who who art in heaven,
3: hallowed be thy name.
4: Thy kingdom come,
3: thy will be done,
4: on earth as it is
3: in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors.
4: Bible reading today is from Luke 20, verses 27 to 38. Then some Sadducees, who say that people will not rise from death, came to Jesus and said, Teacher, Moses wrote this law for us, if a man dies and leaves a wife but no children, That man's brother must marry the widow so that they can have children who will be considered the dead man's children. Now, once there were seven brothers, the eldest got married and died without having children. Then the second one married the woman. And then the third. The same thing happened to all seven. They died without having children. Last of all, the woman died. Now, on the day when the dead rise to life, whose wife will she be? All seven of them had married her. Jesus answered them. The men and women of this age marry. But the men and women who are worthy to rise from death and live in the age to come will not then marry. They will be like angels and cannot die. They are the children of God because they have risen from death. And Moses clearly proves that the dead are raised to life. In the passage about the burning bush, he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is the God of the living, not of the dead, for to him all are alive.
2: A word of warning if, um, if you're feeling a bit fragile because you've been remembering people that have recently died, and I know this congregation has, you know, this might be a bit uncomfortable, but it's part of the, the healing, I think, that the Bible has, and, and hopefully um, it'll be a service where we can celebrate the people that we've loved. As we approach Advent, and and I can't believe in a couple of weeks it's Advent, the church enters a phase of remembrance. During the past week, it's been All Saints' Day and All Souls' Day, and um, you know they talk about Mischief Night and all that kind of stuff. But as people of God, it's it's about remembering those that have gone before. Next week, next Sunday is Remembrance Day, and that's the day for. Where we, the church and that the nation remembers those who have died in service of our country. And often um, churches have special services of remembrance for those who have died in the past year. and when I was part of the, the hospital community in Mansfield you know it was something that we did to remember people that, that were important to us. And I I must admit that as you come to a certain age, and I seem to be coming to that certain age, uh, you're reminded of the shortness of time in people's lives. And and as I say, I know in your church, you've had the loss of Anne, your church secretary. And and she was nice. She was always very welcoming. Earlier this year, my sister's mother-in-law died. And um, she had only one son who was my sister's husband and my sister and her husband have two children. And at the death of this lady, um, Marie, it meant that her children had to deal with the loss of their four grandparents in two years because three of them had previously died during COVID. That's my mum and dad as well as Stuart's dad and then obviously Stuart's mum. And and we... After the death, after Marie died, um, we actually had a wake after the service, you know, so we we had the service and we we met in a pub and we were able to celebrate uh, Marie's life and it made me realise how important it is to talk and reminisce about those who have died because when my mum and dad died, we didn't get that opportunity, you know, we were saying goodbye to each other at the creme and it's no nice. You know, I don't know about you, but it just wasn't nice. I'm have never I'm not a fan of funerals, but I'm a, I've become I've realised how important that time is, do you know, because it's about celebrating somebody's life, do you know, the, the past, but we will still celebrate because we still talk. So why am I sharing that? And it's because this reading is a strange one. Talking or asking about the resurrection, do you know? Um, I like just suppose, because in some ways it's, it's how I, I try and do sermons, just suppose. And whenever I reflect in the Bible, I'm always just supposing I was there. And where does it all fit in? And so in my just suppose for this particular passage, I'm thinking, Jesus must have been tired. You know, he must have been. He's probably been in the temple for a couple of days, or or, or at least for some hours anyway, and time and again he's being questioned, and some folk are trying to trick him. The Pharisees are challenging him about his authority, and he sidestepped the awkward payment of taxes to Caesar, and, and they were trying to put him on the wrong side of the priests and Rome. And then here comes the Sadducees, who don't like the thought of the resurrection. And there was a song a few years back, it might have been a few more years than I care to remember, about Pharisees and Sadducees. You know, I don't want to be a Pharisee because Pharisees ain't fair, you see, is what it said. And I don't want to be a Sadducee because Sadducees are sad, you see. And And... And it's about trying to remember the difference between them, you know, and it's, I don't want to be a sheep, I want, or I don't want to be a goat, because goats don't have no hope. I want to be a sheep. That's the way the song goes. It's a child's one, but it's, it, it's, it kind of gets you to think about where you are. And I think in Luke's gospel, he... Luke must have been a clever man in in his writings, but he had a good technique about setting up hostile questioners for a fall and then using the question they ask, sometimes a throwaway question, to make a profound point. And we are warned to hear the question being asked as self-conscious and malicious. And at the start of this reading, Luke is telling us what the questioners believe or not believe. And it's a time it's, this time it's about resurrection, life after death. Is there life after death? And it, really, what a crazy question they're asking. But the question they're asking is about inheritance and the keeping of the bloodline. In Deuteronomy 25, there is a Levitical prescription which this passage relates to. Because death threatens people, And these God-commanded passages are ways about overcoming death. It's about continuing someone's name, which is precious. And so this is a, just suppose all the brothers live a resurrected life, whose wife is that poor woman? And the way the story seems to imply is that death is one because each in turn dies. And the sadness for this family is it's seven brothers and if women all die, now we know it's a story. it's, it's something that, that they've come up with. And what would God require if this if to happen if there is a resurrection? And Jesus is saying, no one is going to be blotted out in the afterlife. Jesus takes the questions seriously and brings them back to God. Now, as a, as a woman who's childless, you know, like I've been married and I, and I've never had a child, I sometimes think, who's going to remember me whenever I, I pass? But there's loads of people who will remember me because I've hopefully done some good in my life. And it's it's that that, that, um, that keeps us going. But we're coming back to God. Those considered worthy of resurrection are children of God because... They no longer. There is no longer death to worry about, and there is no need to get married because we're going to live forever. So that is a nonsense question. Everything changes when we no longer are going to die. In this life, we have to. You know, sadly, it's a part and parcel of a life unless God comes sooner. Remarriage for the continuing continuation of a person's name is irrelevant when death is no longer a threat to life and our participation is within the covenant people of God. In the story of the burning bush Moses asks who God is and the response as we heard was, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Present tense, I am. And he Declares himself, I am who I am. Not I was or not I will be, but the God of the present. God is a God of the living, even of those who seem dead to us. And I, I remember at another time, you know, like worrying about, you know, what happens. I, I got married to my second husband when I was 42, and it was like before that, I was like, what happens if I'm single when I'm 40 and I'm 50 and I'm 60? And it was like, there's no need to worry about that. We're not promised tomorrow. This is what we're promised. Can you cope with your life today with being single? Yes, I can. So what's your problem? Why worry about something you've got no control over? And then, as I say, I met my lovely John. God is a God of the living, even of those who seem dead to us. For Christians... There must be a resurrection since God's self-definition is one who continues in relationship for all who live in God. And Jesus gets, you have spoken well. And so everyone is pushed to think more deeply about their own tradition and about God. And surely that is what we're about. Pushing each other to look at our traditions and our belief in God. And it's about, you know, like how you do church and all that kind of stuff. And, and I know that, like here, you've got a, a particular way that you do things. And, and that's good, but it's nice to, to think again. And it's interesting to note that Luke describes infighting amongst the Jews. You know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees don't really go on about their belief in God, who God is and what is acceptable worship. And this continues today even within our Christian traditions. And interestingly, in the the United States recently, women in the Southern Baptist is a hot topic once more. (sighs) Do you know? And I know in Scotland it is always. And at Dumbarton, where I'm worshipping now, the the hot topic is how do we meet the needs of the community at this time? And Grant has been trying to speak with the local schools and the other churches about we've called it a hamper and banquet project that we as a church community felt called to do. And that seemed as though it was falling in deaf ears. And what we were trying to do was to give families within our communities, because there's a lot of poverty, as we know that, and we all the pressures, we were wanting to give the families a Christmas hamper with everything that they needed for a Christmas dinner. You know, it would be the tea and coffee and cake and soup and chicken or turkey or, you know, everything that you need for a Christmas banquet. And people weren't really catching on. And we were thinking, oh, what's going to happen? You know, like, do people really want this? And suddenly it's as though the ears have been unstopped and um, the, the, the the schools, the local schools, are now going to give us names, um, the vast of families, if they're happy for their names to be given to us, so that we can give them a Christmas hamper on the 23rd of December, so that they know, and we're going to give them an an itemised list of what they're going to get on this hamper, so that they know that they're going to get this food for Christmas. And it's a lovely idea. And we're hoping that between Christmas and New Year that we can invite families because we worship in a community centre and we're hoping to invite them in at the community centre for um, hot soup and watch a movie and share some popcorn together so that it's like giving them a banquet and then... Um, later on in January, we're hoping to give them an Asian banquet because we've got a Pakistani guy who's working with us and he's desperately wanting to make some food so that he, we can share with people. So it's, it's about just trying to reinvent how we do God and share. So that's, what's, that's our um, thoughts, our hot topics. Resurrection is important. And and I I suppose what I'm trying to say is you can get all caught up with the resurrection and, and life after death and with the Sadducees who don't really want to think about it. And we as people of God, you know, like it says in the Bible, if there is no resurrection, then we are hopeless because that is we serve a resurrected God, don't we? We believe in the resurrection because we believe that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. So as we can contemplate the possibility of our thoughts and our senses being, dare I say, overwhelmed when we get to glory and we see God face to face, the longing to recognize our loved ones is relinquished in some way as we are caught up in worship and the joy and the glory of seeing God. And, there I, and and this was a lovely thought that was in the book that I read it says in the resurrection kingdom we will be in the company of our great grandparents we never knew and our great grandchildren yet to be born in heaven we will turn our faces towards God and it's that that I feel keeps us going but just as a, a, an, an, an aside to this as well In in the Congo, where where I used to work, they talked about the ancestors being part of the protection of the village. And until the ancestor's name was no longer spoken, it was at that point that they passed on to be with God. God. But until then, they were part of the um, protection of the village. And in the Bible, we talk about the communion of saints. And in some ways, I feel that kind of... Echoes that kind of thing. And whenever I was talking with families, and I would say to them, you know, we keep people in our hearts, and that's where we worship our God as well. You know, we keep our loved ones in our hearts, and we keep our God in our heart because that's where we worship our God day by day. So a wee prayer to finish. Eternal God, we believe in you, maker of all things, visible and invisible. So we give you thanks for all the people we have loved and all who have loved us and are now united with you. For in you they are alive. Amen. Okay, yeah. I'm using a liturgy from this bread from tomorrow because I, th- I find these words really helpful to me and I hope they're helpful to you. So come to this table to meet the living God, love indescribable and beyond our imagining, yet closer than our own breathing. Come to this table to meet the risen Christ, flesh of our flesh, bone of our bone, God with us embodied in our living. Come to this table to meet the life-giving spirit, interpreting our search for truth and justice, breathing into us renewing power. Come to find, to meet, to hold the living, loving God, made new for us in bread and wine. And we take bread, symbol of labor, exploited, degraded, symbol of life, And we will break the bread because Christ, the source of life, was broken for the exploited and the downtrodden. And we take wine, symbol of blood, spilt in war and conflict, symbol of new life. And we will drink the wine because Christ, the peace of the world, was killed by violence. And as bread and wine are before us, the memories of our meals our working, our talking, the story that shapes us, the grieving and our pain, the oppressor who lies deep in our own soul, the seeking and the loving. And we give thanks for all that holds us together in our humanity, that binds us to all who live and have lived, who have cried and are crying, who hunger and are thirsty, who pine for justice, and who hold out for the time that is coming. And in all of this, we are bound to Jesus, who in the same night he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them saying, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So this is a death we celebrate. This is a new life we proclaim. And this is a vision that we await. So we eat and we drink remembering our God.
3: As we gathered this morning, the choir sang the refrain of a song that we have often sung as a congregation. To the lost, Christ shows his face. To the unloved, he gives his embrace. To those who cry in pain or disgrace, Christ makes with his friends a touching place. Thinking on these words, Let us come with our prayers for others and for ourselves. Let us listen for God. Let us pray. We have shared communion. We have gathered at the common meeting place in time and space, where a simple meal challenges us to see a different world, a world of justice and peace, acceptance and hope. And yet here we are, challenged again. Who gathers at this table? Who is not yet present at the feast of life, at this touching place? Who is not present because of injustice or oppression or vulnerability, discrimination or loneliness? Who have we not noticed? Because their voices are silenced, or because we do not think that they're even worth noticing? In a moment of silence before God, let us reflect on these questions. God in Jesus calls us all to share the outrageous and indiscriminate hospitality of the Lord's Supper. May our faith and our hospitality call forth in us, in you, in me, the same grace as we are shown by God. And so we remember the prayer points which BMS World Mission calls to our attention this week, specifically about church organizers supported by BMS across the world in Bangladesh for Ashim's leadership in the Bangladesh Baptist Church Sangha and for Wales, the Dean of the Christian College of Theology. In France, for Joel's leadership in the French Baptist Federation. In India, for Anjan's leadership in the Bengal Baptist Union, and for the BMS partner church at Mizoram. And in Thailand, for the leadership of the Thai Baptist Convention. This week, the Baptist Union of Scotland calls to our attention in the prayer diary our sister churches at Renfrew, at Rosyth, and at Rutherglen. And this week, the Baptist Union of Scotland also invites us to remember the Baptist World Alliance, our own global network of Baptists in 128 countries and territories, with 245 member bodies, of which the Baptist Union of Scotland is one. And we also remember the the service that our own friend and member here in Hillhead, Lena, gives to the Baptist World Alliance as chair of the Commission on Baptist Worship and Spirituality. And in our own faith community here at Hillhead, our own prayer diary this week reminds us to pray for our managers and trustees and office holders. For Nasi, Sal, Nikan, and for Graham and Charlie M, for Marit and Tom, for Alan, for Edith and Tom, for Bethany, for Emma and Drew, for Jane S, and for Wendy. We aspire to be a community of hope in hard times. May we support and encourage each other in this mission. And where our prayers lead, may our love follow, blossoming in action for all humankind.
2: Our service in the world continues, so go and serve our God in the places and in the homes that you have. And may the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you and those you love, now and forevermore. Amen.